I'm a 50-50. So I, I do like to buy private and I do like to sell on the MLS, right? If I, could, if I could blanket my formula for the people listening, that's typically how I like to do it. I find the deals are better when you can buy privately. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Welcome back. Great to see you again tuning in this week and welcome back. I am Sarah Larby and you are listening to Where Should I Invest? You know, I actually came up with this name in like two seconds. I'm like, where would people, what would people do if they wanted to just Google something real estate related? And like, clearly, I don't know if I put a lot of thought in it, but I'm like, a lot of people are asking me where they should buy property. And a lot of people are, are not sure even where to start. You know, maybe they live in an expensive city like Vancouver or Toronto or anywhere where the numbers don't work. And so where could they start looking? And so I ended up getting that question quite a bit. Where should they buy? Where, where should I invest? And that's actually how I came up with the name of the podcast. Well, now you guys know. So I, uh, I, I'm really, really excited about this podcast because it's one of those ways that I can give back to you and help you also gain success and momentum in your real estate investing game, career, however you want to call it. But ultimately, it's going to be a life changer and change your life. It changed my life. You know, I'm doing things today that I could have not ever imagined five, six years ago when we first started. Super awesome. My guest today, Ryan Carr, is very, very good at vertical splits. And you guys might have heard him in the past. He's been on many podcasts. He's been a speaker. He is now a full-time real estate investor in Durham. So where should I invest? Potentially Durham, <laughs> potentially around, I mean, there's tons of great opportunities. But anyways, he specializes in helping homeowners get out of tough situations. He's got a company called RW Car Investments and has completed dozens of transactions with people across the GTA where debt, timing, maintenance and repairs or family nuances are critical. And a lot of his work is just amazing. I mean, a vertical split, like when you think of like doing a basement conversion, he's just doing it the other way around where he's giving everybody a little bit of sunlight and it's um, it's allowed him to get higher rents, as you guys will see and hear in the podcast, some of his techniques. But I think he's like one of the only ones that I know that's doing that. I mean, there might be a few other ones, but that are doing it and really talking talking about it and sharing the uh, the strategy. So... Ryan, I loved having him on the podcast. He was uh, definitely a wealth of knowledge. And guys, if you do enjoy this podcast, let me know. I really appreciate all the ratings, all the reviews, and your emails. My email, uh, if you wanted to get in touch, is sarah at sarahlarby.com. And by the way, guys, if you wanted to find out where to invest, go to the website. I've actually created a template, which is essentially all of the different fundamentals that I look at in order to pick an area to invest in and that's completely free. You can go download it. It's the fundamentals checklist in order to help you find where to invest in a great location. So hope that helps and uh, let's get on with the show. All right, Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to have you on. Now, where are you calling us from today? I am in Oshawa today. 
All right. Good old city of Oshawa. You've done a lot in the years that you've been doing this in in real estate. So, but before we get started, just out of curiosity, when did you get started in real estate and how did you get started? I got started in 2012. My wife and I had bought a bank sale property. Uh, It was a rural property, which was what we were looking for to move into. That was our first purchase. And since then, we've been in and out of about 30, 40 deals, buying holds, fix and flips, some multifamily, and now some new construction as well. That's amazing. And one of uh, maybe very, very few or the only coach house as well. I know. I know. That was a really unique one that we did about six months ago now. And the exposure that we had on that was amazing. We were on like all these major news channels, BNN, Bloomberg, Toronto Star, Global News, all this stuff. So it was a, it was a really cool project to take on for sure. Amazing. So you're doing a lot of different things. Is there one strategy that you started doing before you decided to do a few different things at at once? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my first house was uh, just like a, a move in and fix it up kind of thing because I knew nothing about real estate. Um, I knew nothing about construction, nothing about real estate, nothing about financing or transactions or anything. So when I got started, I mean, I just did it out of necessity because we needed a place to live, right? After that, I was buying holds and flips. And, uh, and now that's kind of grown into some other areas. But I focus on all of those areas every day because at its core essence, I'm of the opinion that all of the work is essentially the same. You just need to fine tune and tweak it to suit the project. So whether you do a flip or a basement apartment, you know, when you're going to keep it, I mean, it's still construction, it's still labor, it's still time and effort and, and making sure that the numbers work and financing and all that. So uh, it's, it's for, for me, it's all the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure it keeps it a little bit interesting in the sense that you're, it is all the same, but you're doing something a little bit different each time and uh, keeps it exciting, I'm sure. It does. And you know what's cool is that because it's all the same, you can open up more opportunities when you want to scale for volume. So like for me, if I can't make something work as a flip, well, maybe it could be a buy and hold. And if it can't be a buy and hold because the layout's wrong, well, maybe we can take the house down and split the lot. Or if we can't split the lot, maybe it's best as wholesale or something like that. Or maybe it's something you just buy and put it right back up on the market. You just keep it fresh and and wherever the opportunity lies, uh, that's what we take. So right now, before the show, before we pressed record, you were mentioning that you were working on nine deals. Yes. Yes. All right. I'm down to nine. I was was up to 10 and I'm down to nine. (laughs) One finally got sold. Thank God. (laughs) So are they, what are they? Yeah. So we got some buying holds in the mix. I think we have two or three. We've got some flips in the mix. I think there's two or three there. I've got four new houses being built right now and a multifamily building. All right. So lots of things. So how are you managing all of that? Do you have a team? Is it just you? How do you have that set up? I do. I've got full-time staff. I've had full-time staff for three, four years now, which has been fantastic. You know, people come and go, but the core people have remained uh, and they've been with me since the beginning. And it's it's a really good feeling as an employer, you know, to see the same people stick around because of, you know, because of lifestyle, we put them first because of, you know, work ethic. I'm, you know, I'm, I attribute a lot of my successes to the fact that I have staff that rely on me and I push very, very hard for them. Right. If I didn't have, if I didn't have full-time staff that I had to keep busy every single day, you know, like there would be times where you could say, you know what, yeah, maybe I'll take the day off or whatever, but it's like, no, these people rely on me. They have mortgages and car payments and so on. So I, I push for them. But yeah, right now we got, uh, we got full-time staff. And then because we grew like crazy over the last couple of years, I've also taken on more subtrades as well. So right now we have, call it three full-time crews on the go at various locations and construction sites. And then in the background, we've got probably 
15 to 20 periphery trades that we work with on a weekly, monthly basis uh, to keep the wheels on the bus. That's quite interesting. So are these people hired full-time as employees or do they, you have them on contract or how does that work? Cause there's pros and cons to hiring, you know, as an employer versus not right. There is. So they're T4 employees, like fully registered CPP, EI, WSIB, all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's, People don't know, but it's actually very expensive to have an employee on payroll because one, you have to keep them busy 40 hours a week or, or whatever your hourly requirements are. But there's a lot of back end work that comes with, with this as well. So yeah, they're T4 staff. Okay. All right. Nice. So obviously you're in a spot that many people will look and say, how do I get there? And you obviously started, so you started in 2012, so you moved very, very quickly what strategies did you apply to, to really be able to scale your business? I mean, were you working with JVs? Was it private money? Like, how did you acquire a the financing, the ability to do it, the skill? Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I am largely self-financed. I'm not a trust fund baby. I'm not a silver spoon kid. Um, I did this from like hard work and strategy and technique. I think there's, for me, there was times to bring in partners. And I think that was in around my third or fourth deal. And I I did that for a very specific reason. Um, And I brought them in for one, maybe two transactions. uh, And then I was able to carry on. And then I think I hit another roadblock where I needed to bring in a partner for a deal or two. And then I was able to carry on again. So for me, this was largely based on, uh, like I say, strategy and technique. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Now, there's a lot of people that say, work with JVs, you can scale up. And then there's another you know, side of people that say, if you don't have to use joint ventures, don't use joint ventures because you have so much more control. And if it's a long-term play, I mean, you don't have to worry so much about the exit strategies and that kind of stuff. So what do you tell people if they're saying, you know what, I, I don't know where to start, but I do want to scale up and I don't know if I need a joint venture or not. Like what's the advice that you would give them? Yeah, I think there's room for both. I mean, for me, I'm very relationship-based. So the partners that I do have, which are very few right now, and I slowly bring people on as we warm up to the relationship, I think it's very it's very important that you find people that are aligned with your goals, right? But over and above goals and money and all that stuff, I think the biggest thing is, like, if you're a good person, you have to find another good person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's been situations where I say to my partner, hey, this is what's going on. This is why it's going on. We got to work through this together. And they're like, hey, cool, right? You know, whatever you think, like, you know, you're the driver in this thing. I'm good with that. You know, and it's, it's not just about finances and cash. Like you've got to be in your heart. You have to be a good person and you have to be trustworthy and honest. And, and for me, with the partners that I do have, they're like fully open. We're fully transparent. We've got joint bank accounts. We like it's amazing the fact that you can have that relationship with somebody from a what was the other question? From a oh like self-financing, you know, from that perspective and keeping all the profits for yourself. Yeah, you can do that too, right? I think it comes down to volume and how many deals do you want to do and and where are you going to hit a snag and where are you going to hit your roadblocks, right? For me, I took on partners at one point because of the way that CIBC was financing properties, right? Um, I was able to get a couple. And then at some point they said, Hey, you know, you can't have any more because your debt service isn't working the way that we need it to. But if you take on a partner and do some other things, then that changed, that got me over the hump. And then I was back on track again. So did that partner hold the financing? They did. They did. Okay. All right. Good. It's great to see because you know, I interview so many different people with different strategies and, you know, people that have skilled up in so many different ways and everyone's got a different strategy. And I think that is the really cool piece. And if you're listening at home right now and you're saying, well, there's so many things, I don't know where to get started. I mean, a lot analysis paralysis is bad, but 
like, as you can see, I would just say, just get started and, you know, find your, your niche and, and your strategy and keep going with that. And whether it's joint venture or not, I mean, everyone's doing different things and, and there's many people that are successful doing so many different strategies. For sure. For sure. I think, you know, what's interesting is that over all the deals that I've done, right. And it's funny, I only knew that it was 34 the other day. I actually, I had to count I'm like one, two, three, all these houses. Right. And I got stuck at 26 and I'm like, no, I know there's gotta be more. I know there's more. And I'm like, oh yeah, there was that one. And oh yeah, there's that one. Right. If you look back over those 34 deals, like, and you take all the noise and all the bullshit out of the market and you look at, okay, what are we actually doing with these rentals are all the same. The money is in the buy, not in the sell. You have to buy right. You buy for equity. You know, the properties have to cash flow. There's a lot of very interesting fundamentals that, that hold true to every single deal that becomes a successful deal, right? And there's a lot of deals that for some people that, that don't turn out, you know? And if you look back and you look at some of those deals for some others that, that haven't worked and you compare it, you're like, oh yeah, okay, now it makes sense. So I'm always cross-checking with other people to make sure, hey, you know, what we're doing is, is in line or not in line and you course correct as you go. Very cool. Now, did you have one mentor or one, you know, specific book or something that really helped you along the way? How did you learn everything you learned? Or was okay, so, it <laughs> so I'm a bit of an anomaly, truthfully. I never had a mentor when I started off in real estate. I think I would be further faster if I did, but I didn't even know that that was an option. So when I bought my first rental property, which was like six months after my first live-in home, I was just listening to YouTube. I was watching HGTV like a lot of people. I didn't have those opportunities that people have now because of Facebook and social media and YouTube, the way that it's scaled in the last five, 10 years to give access, you know, like even, even this podcast, it's amazing to have access to people that are doing things. Well, now that wasn't really around in the same fashion, you know, in 2012 that it is right. today. So I learned all of my due diligence, so to speak, through hard work and effort and actually doing it. And like, there's still books. Somebody asked me the other day, Susan White Livermore. Do you know Susan White Livermore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She asked me the other day, she says, you know, have you read like Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Or have you read How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie? I'm like, no, no, I, I never read any of that stuff. <laughs> and I, I probably should just to say I have, right? But I mean, I'm sure I you're doing know that what stuff they would preach that there. you want to be doing anyways, right? You're doing, you're doing it. You're living it. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the, the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? 
They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, give us a call or text at 905-592-4220, or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. That's awesome. So along the lines, is there like one or two mistakes that you made that you could share? So somebody that's listening to this may not do it again or may not do it at all. Oh yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me that helped me avoid some mistakes when I first got started was becoming a sponge, right? And any little tidbit that you could take from anybody um, that they were willing to share with you, definitely soak that up and use it in the business. And number two, that people should avoid would be making the wrong purchase, right? I'm a big preacher for the money is in the buy, not in the sell. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you're buying properties, are you buying them on MLS or are you buying them through, you know, your own advertising and marketing? I'm a 50-50. So I, I do like to buy private and I do like to sell on the MLS, right? If I could, if I could blanket my formula for the people listening, that's typically how I like to do it. I find the deals are better when you can buy privately and you can work out some, uh, some different tricks and negotiation stuff with, uh, with the sellers directly and you can help them. In my opinion, you can help them a bit better as well because they get exactly what they want and they know who they're dealing with. On the flip side, I'm a big advocate for realtors. I support my, my realtor network ferociously. I think that they have the best exposure when it comes to selling. Right. And I think they get the best price. And I think that whatever fee that my realtor or any realtor charges to do that service is well worth the money. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are you working with wholesalers or are you door knocking on your own and sending mailers on your own? It's both. It's both. So any, anywhere that you can cast your net far and wide, I mean, work with wholesalers, go on Kijiji, door knock your neighbor. Like when you move into a construction site or a project or whatever, I always like, here's a tip for the people at home, door knock both sides of the house that you're working on, left and right, across the street, left and right, right? And just say, hey, I'm Ryan, I'm Sarah, I'm working on this place, just thought I'd introduce myself. If you have any questions, you have any concerns, give me a call direct, here's my cell phone number, right? Not some grasshopper number or whatever, like give me a real phone mm-hmm. number, so that if somebody has a noise complaint or the contractors are making a mess or they're jackhammering at five in the morning, whatever, right? They can call you direct and say, hey, come fix this, and you'll do it, right? Conversely, when they feel included, of what you're doing, right? They will be so much more flexible with you, bring you coffees. Hey, you know, take them for a tour, that kind of thing. Like just include people, you know, it's just being friendly. It's relationship. Number one. Absolutely. That is a great tip. Thanks for sharing. So what's next for you? What are you after these nine projects? I mean, are you looking at going and keeping, you know, the pace that you're, you're doing, or do you plan to vacation or do you plan to do a bigger building? Like what's next? Yeah, so I, I want to get through these four new builds, right? And I really want to take a step back and compare the time that it takes to do new construction and the capital involved versus existing product, right? You know, compare that out to the risk and all this. I like the multifamily space. I like the infill development space. So right now, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of surveying what's happening in the market, what's happening with, uh, again, capital and time and all this stuff, and then I can really say, okay, yeah, this is this is the direction I want to take it. I still like to keep an open mind because doing different projects from time to time, you know, it's kind of fun. But uh, in terms of scale, I think I need to hire some more people. I need some more help. You know, we're growing. So I'd like a, I'd like a project manager. So if there's any project managers out there that are looking for a, a, Durham, a Durham job, you know, <laughs> please reach out. 
Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larvey. We'll be right back. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment and pause the podcast interview here because I wanted to introduce you to Dahlia Barsoom of Streetwise Mortgages. I am a big believer, as you guys probably have heard, work with a mortgage broker. They are going to help you scale. And when I was first growing in real estate investing and looking to buying my second property and my third property, I was going directly to the bank then. I hadn't met Dahlia yet. And I actually was hitting a roadblock when it came to financing because the bank started asking me for 25% as the down payment. And then for my third property, they wanted 35%. And it was really, really hard for me to A, understand why it was creeping up like that. And B, I didn't have 35% to put down. I had 20%. And luckily, I actually met Dahlia at that point in time. And Dahlia is actually an investor herself, and she works with many, many investors. And she knows all the pitfalls and the barriers that normally come up with dealing directly with a bank and all the different lenders. And Dahlia was actually able to not just find me proper alternatives, but I've got nine properties now, and I'm still able to get financing with A-lenders, and it allows me to be able to scale up without hitting the financing wall. And so she's been a tremendous help. So the other thing I really, really enjoy is Dahlia also does a free goals analysis. So if you go to either my website or her website, streetwisemortgages.com, mention the podcast and ask for the free goals analysis, it was a game changer for me. And it allowed me to actually understand what I needed to do, how many properties I was going to get because of the cash flow that I was looking for. If you guys wanted to reach out to Dahlia, you can reach out to her by email, which is info at streetwisemortgages.com, or you can actually reach out to her on the website at streetwisemortgages.com, and then just go to the contact section. And you can also call her at 1-800-208-208. 6255. Thanks for listening and back to the show. Back to the show. Where should I invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Absolutely. We'll have your information so that people can reach out to you after the show. Now, are you just in Durham? Predominantly, yes. So, Oshawa and Clarington are my two main markets. I've also ventured out closer to Belleville as well as the prices creep up in Durham, cash flow drops off. So you got to really be careful on what you buy and, and the price that you pay for it. Belleville for me would be a market kind of like for the people in Mississauga or, you know, Mississauga Oakville, that would be like the Sarnia market for them. So it's, you know, it's a couple hours away, that kind of thing. And that's where I've been able to find some deals too. Amazing. And Oshawa's, I mean, it's definitely gone up in price <laughs> since the last little while that I've been looking at it. How do you think the 407s and then that whole development is going to affect that area? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, anytime that you can get new infrastructure out to, to an area and you, know, and you can service those people, it's going to be fantastic for growth. One thing that I always caution people on, and you don't hear about people talking about this, is that like, you ever driven the 407? Do you know how expensive it is to drive the 407? You know, so people are like, oh, 407's amazing, right? It's amazing. Everybody's going to be driving the highway. I'm like, dude, it's like 60 bucks to go end to end on the 407. Yeah, absolutely. You know, where you can drive the 401 for free, traffic, whatever. But like, 
hey, it's 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 an expense. So you got to factor that in as well. It's not all roses, but it's it's very very. Good. I think I spend anywhere between three to five hundred dollars a month on the four hundred seven. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you don't have a job that's kicking that in, that's coming out of your pocket. You know, after tax dollars. Uh, so it's 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 an expense, absolutely. But it, you know what? It's phenomenal. We got Go Transit. We got OPG, uh, which is a nuclear power station. We got a couple of those. University education. You know, there's lots going on out here that uh, that are, that's fantastic. Amazing. Okay, that's great. That's great. So awesome. Um, the next part of this podcast, Ryan, is our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a series of five questions, and you are Ooh. going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. All right. Question number one: What is your favorite? real estate investing book ever. And I know you mentioned that you haven't read too many, but you might have one or two. <laughs> you know what? I like Steve Wynn. I'm a big follower of Steve Wynn. Um, I think what he did in Las Vegas was fantastic. And he's got a couple books. One's called Winner Takes All and another one's called Running Scared. So check those out. Okay. Awesome. Number two, what is your favorite podcast? My favorite podcast? I don't really listen. I just, I come on them. I'm not sure. <laughs> I really listen to podcasts, truthfully. I don't know. Okay. Don't know. All right. We'll pass Yours. that. Yours. <laughs> we'll pass that question number three. What do you do for fun aside from real estate? What do I do for fun? So I was at the, uh, I was at the Honda Indy this weekend. I'm into cars. I like old cars. I have a thing for exotic cars. So cars, my thing. Very cool. And number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? Ooh, I would probably be doing the same path that I'm taking right now, which is a very comforting feeling. Yes, that's, that's really interesting because a lot of people that I ask that question, they say the exact same thing because education, knowledge, skill doesn't go away. Yeah. You know what? I thought the other day, if I were to be dropped in a, like just like any city, any city USA, how would I go about my business? How would I start again? And it was very, very interesting because when you lose that personal feel of a market that you're comfortable with, whether that's downtown Toronto or Calgary or Edmonton, when you lose that, you have to rely on, on skill and technique and, and it really challenges you. You know what I mean? So if I lost it all today, I think you could pick a new market or you could pick the same market, but I think the techniques will remain the same, you know, no matter where you go. So that would be a heck of a challenge for sure. Yeah. But you know, I agree with that. I think that you can take that. And I mean, and you said any town USA, I think there are some differences when it comes to tax and, and the LLCs and how you set it up, but essentially the bulk of it is similar. Yeah. And, well, it could be Canada too. Any town, any town, Canada, any town USA. Right. Any town Europe, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, very true. That's a good, that's a great point. And you know, it's, it's pretty cool that you were thinking about that and this yeah. happened to be a question. <laughs> All right. Number five. Yeah. Number five, if you have, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend it? I would say, do you want to do a flip or a buy and hold? Number one, so we can, we can kind of forecast, is this going to be long-term or short-term? Number two, I would say, can you qualify or do you need a JV partner? And number three, what's your job situation? So I'm a big advocate for people keeping their job until they're ready to go and jump into real estate full-time. A job is a tool at that point. When you can say, hey, I'm here because it's helping me qualify for mortgages, or I'm here because, you know, I, I really enjoy it and that's what fuels me, or I'm here, you know, for any number of reasons. A lot of people look at a job and say, like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm working full time. But but it's not, it's not like that. I didn't have the opportunity to keep my job when I first got started in real estate. And I didn't have that opportunity to leverage that nine to five job like a lot of people can. So to take 50 G's and, and say, do I want to do short-term or long-term? And you know, what's my working situation? Evaluate that first and see where it takes you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, that's one of the reasons I still actually have a full-time job because A, I get financing, which is awesome. I'm still Amazing. financing my own stuff. Amazing. But 
but B, I actually enjoy the culture and I have an awesome boss. That's good. That's great. <laughs> but you know, if I, I don't know if the company shut down tomorrow, I wouldn't go look for another one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a good feeling, right? It is. It is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll probably, I'll still, I'll still be around for a couple years, you know, <laughs> two to five years. We'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah. I think at some point you got to create extra time and it's still 40 to 50 hours a week. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Awesome. Ryan, where can listeners find you if they wanted to know more and reach out to you? Yeah. My, my favorite place to post is Facebook and Instagram. So check that out under Ryan Carr or the RW Car Investment Facebook page. Uh, otherwise, info at rwcarinvestment.com. All right. And any last words of advice or anything else that you would like to let the listeners know? Just thanks so much for having me on. I, uh, we haven't actually spent a whole lot of time together, like face to face. And uh, it's always great to, to meet new people and, and see what other people are doing in the market. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you, Ryan, for being on the show. Super excited to have you. And uh, hopefully we can run into each other at some of the networking events out there. You bet. All right. Awesome. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid. But as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step -step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.